0: We're live. Episode six. six? I think so. The number I think six? It's six. I think it's, it's either six or seven. I'm not sure. <laughs> Whatever it is. six or seven. Well, we're back. Um, today's podcast main concept: we're gonna jam on some nutrition stuff because it's the nutrition podcast for this one. So uh, the last podcast we made. Football predictions. We've made some bad football predictions. see Green Bay is no <laughs> longer. Green Bay is not in my Super Bowl
1: prediction anymore. In but that gives my team a positive. Uh, yeah. So if you don't know, well, I'm a 49ers. 49er fan. Uh, so we got to beat the Rams this weekend uh, to go to the Super Bowl. You think you are going to win? I honestly think we can win. Uh, I think we are 6-0 and the last time we played the Rams. Um, so I think we have a really good chance. But they're hot. They're hot. They're on a good groove. They're on a groove. Their defense is freaking solid. Their defense is solid. I'm just hoping we can we can get something stringing together. Are you predicting the win? Have you had to put money down on it? Um, let me see. You're doing this to me. Um, if I had to put money down, I think at this point I betted against them twice. Not betted against them, but I've. Said they were going to lose to the Rams. They we're really hoping they were going to win, type of a deal. And they've proved me wrong twice, so I don't think I'm going to do it again. I, I'm going to pick them to win. You're going to pick them to win? I'm going
0: to pick them to win. Okay. Who you pick on the AFC
1: side? I would really love to see old Joey. Okay. I would love to see it. Um, I think he needs like maybe a year, one or two more years before he makes some that. big, big, big
0: moves. Um, so I'm going to go with the Chiefs. You're going to go with the Chiefs? Yeah. Chiefs. Yeah. Rams. I would, I'm gonna pick. So if I was a betting man putting money down on it, I would bet on the Chiefs. But I'd probably say the Rams. If I was that's, not, that's a good pick. If I was putting money down, if you're pick. like, okay, you got to put hundred dollars down on a team, who <laughs> you going with? That's the two teams I'm probably putting money on. Who um my heart's going with and who I mm-hmm. want to win is the Bengals and the 49ers. Bengals 49ers. I think that's a really good just game. because it's kind of their underdog picks. I think a yeah. lot of people are picking the Chiefs and, and the Rams. You kind of like going
1: for the underdogs. I'm, I'm of an underdog. You're, you're yeah. an underdog guy. I yeah, like underdog
0: pick for the most part. And so uh, that's who I hope that goes, but who actually goes, I think is a different story. Yeah. So we'll kind of keep this thing going for the Super Bowl. Man, and it's crazy see. though. Because these, these podcasts always come out after the games. After they come out? Come out, so we'll kind of see our predictions. That's like Mikey out. last week, or this week, he was like, so I
1: heard y'all's predictions last week. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he like, some are right and some are wrong. <laughs> We're about 50-50. We're 50-50. Yeah. Definitely not Super Bowl pick ready. I mean, I honestly, I didn't, think, I didn't think Aaron was going was gonna to do that. I mean, he only put 10 points then, man. 10 points on the board. Yeah. Um, but I think, I don't know, it, it's been a weird season. It's been a really yeah. awesome season, but maybe. yeah. Those are really some really good games last weekend. The Bills' Chiefs game, like I said, um, that's like literally probably one of the best games I've watched. They got to get rid of that overtime. It's got to go. It's got to go. They even, they're they talking about sports center still this week. Are they still talking they're about still it? They're still talking about it. I would
0: have to assume if they get the
1: flack for it, they're going to change the rules. Dude, I mean, it's just like in that situation, those teams are so hot.
0: It's literally a coin flip.
1: Like whoever gets that coin flip is going to win the game. You know the way that
0: game was going with those two offenses, it was just a matter of who was going to get the ball first. And to leave it to chance of a coin flip as to who's going to get to win that game is, it sucks that the other team can't even get on the field. Yeah, it's either I think you want two options. That you do it like college, which I don't know if some people are kind of like I, don't, I really don't want to see that in I NFL. That. Or you just let them play out the ten and a quarter. I don't mind the quarter. I don't mind the quarter.
1: Um, but it's so weird because they brought a couple people on Um And they were all defen- – I think they brought like two or three defensive players on Center, mm-hmm. And they all were like totally fine with the rules. And there was, as, as is? As is. They were saying like it's our job to stop them from it getting a touchdown. No you doubt. If like, they scored, they're like we lost the game. yeah um, And I don't know if they're just saying that because that's the rule right now. <laughs> is that, that – are those deal. defensive players from the Bills or something? No, 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 no. Just in general. In general. Okay. okay. Um, and so, I just can't see it as like a... If I were on one of those teams that lost like that, I mean, I would hate it, in my opinion. I don't know. I just, would at least want that chance, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely get the, the scheme of the rules to where, like, yeah, it's your job as a defense to go on the field and stop them to force the other team to punt. But it just sucks that it's just the way that the rules are versus, like, first score wins. I, yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, I can see both views, but... I would prefer to have. I think a quarter makes more sense.
1: Like a ten minute quarter. That way, even if you are hot, ten minutes is a long time. That's a yeah. long time. So you're gonna figure out who's gonna win that game. Yeah. Um, that would be my opinion on it.
0: Yeah. Well, this uh, your first podcast without the sling on. First podcast. If you've
1: been keeping up with the shoulder update, we are now slingless. Okay. Uh, but. Well, not really. I mean, I'm slingless. I'm kind of moving and grooving, so we're kind of moving along the line right there.
0: Yeah. How's uh? So the the right shoulder was first. Their left shoulder. Was left first. shoulder was first. Yes. And how's that going first?
1: Uh, left shoulder's not doing too bad. I feel like it's definitely improving week to week. You said if you um, felt
0: like if let's say for instance your right shoulder wasn't operated on, like you feel like you could maybe go over there and do like a pull if you wanted to. Uh, with the left arm?
1: maybe not like a pull up, but definitely like. Push-ups, probably, like, dumbbell stuff. Okay. Um, like, you
0: feel like you can maybe, like, start getting into some workouts a
1: little definitely. bit Definitely. Th- th- I think I can kind of ease into more, like, dumbbell workouts and modify, mm-hmm. like, barbell stuff. I don't think I'd be able to do barbell stuff yeah. just yet. Um, but, like, I know, like, 20-pound dumbbells and, like, just demoing and, like, coaching, I mean, it feels good. Okay. Um, and so I definitely think, like, I could move a dumbbell around, maybe a kettlebell around, um, but probably not a barbell. Okay. And so... <clears throat> Are you still going to PT for your right shoulder? Uh for my right shoulder, I am not. I am not. Okay, so you're officially done with physical therapy? Yes and no. Yes and no. I think I would <laughs> still have um another two weeks for my right shoulder. Um I go back again next week for on Friday. Okay. So um yes and no for that.
0: Have they did? Like, are you still doing like the, the pulley thing? Still doing pulley like? stuff.
1: Um right now we kind of just got into like more of like activation like around the muscle type stuff Mm -hmm. um and so we did range of motion for a good like three-ish weeks or so um and now we're just kind of starting to get into like actually like getting the muscles around that joint and tendon kind of working and moving and grooving i want to say that's in my opinion the worst part range of motions kind of feels good the activation just not
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh i want to say it's probably somewhere around three months Right in there is when, That's I was right. like this, when I started doing, like, actually, like, weights. Yeah. They were like, okay, you can go in there and do, you know, sets to 10, strict press. Whatever it was. Yeah.
1: um, Like, for my left shoulder, it was 11 weeks, and they finally gave me a dumbbell. Okay. Uh, so, I remember at 11 weeks, I had a dumbbell doing, like, shrugs and, um, like, dumbbell external rotations and that kind of stuff for my yeah. left shoulder.
0: But it seems like, because Ringo was saying the same thing, which... Jacob said the same thing. and I've said the same thing before. I feel like it's just like this blanket. This is what you're going to do. And That's this is, my
1: frustration with it. Yeah. Especially going through it twice so soon. Like, it's kind of like they're just doing the exact same thing for my right. Shoulders. Like, this is just the template like just you follow. A it's a blueprint. Like, Hey, if you tear, it's, if you tear this, this is what, this, this is what you do. Like. And in my opinion, I feel like it should be kind of more personalized. Um, just because I've depending I like, on what your previous depending on the injury, like, and like your healing and process. Exactly. Um, because I, I don't know, I, even though they said it was pretty like pretty, I don't know, like cookie cutter image. Like, I mean my left and right shoulder pretty much the same is what they kind of told me. Mm. Um, but they feel way different. Um, and so I don't know if you should have the same plan for each thing. I don't know. It's different. Um, so I wish it was a little more personalized. Um, but it is what it is. It is what it is. It yeah. is what it is. I'm not, if I wanted to fix it, I guess I would have to become a physical therapist and I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I'm gonna let them do their job and I'm just gonna kinda of follow the follow the rules Yes. Okay. But About the summer you should pretty much be back just on the swing of things. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. I'm some hoping sometime maybe around like like Mayish, Julyish, April, yeah. or sometime around there, i kinda of definitely start grooving and grooving. Yeah, get I'm running. ready to start running again. That's gonna be fun for me. Um, what do so, you think you can start running? Uh, it probably shouldn't be too much longer Too much longer um, Probably like another two weeks I'd probably start running Okay um, I know for my left one It was like right around Like I think eight or nine weeks It's more like a jar of The up and down Yeah motion. it's just like jumping um, And even at that point in time You can kind of Feel it get tight But it's not like Yeah it doesn't, There's no pain I
0: guess. You probably should be able To start doing like some Double under stuff here In a few weeks probably Double under jump
1: rope stuff Probably yeah. um, I remember for my left shoulder I was able to do jump rope Around like I think like a little over Like two and a half Almost mm-hmm. three months in So yeah Okay Sometime around there Cool. we're we're grooving. Yeah. We're we're getting there.
0: Yeah. Okay, <laughs> got Kel 2.0 coming down the pike. Coming down the road, getting ready for raging games. Oh boy, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this one, we want to kind of jam on some nutrition stuff. We just had the nutrition class this past weekend which if you guys are in the Facebook group, you can go in and watch that. It's about, it's three pieces, it's three, I had to, it took me three forever parts. to try to freaking get that onto Facebook. To Facebook? The first time I tried, I just tried to upload the whole entire video. It won't let you upload. And like for a whole a hour just kind of sat there, and so I had to break into three pieces. I don't have to do it with the Wi-Fi or the internet connection, but I had to break it in three separate pieces to actually get it on the Facebook. So if you guys go on there, it should be have a part one, two, and then three. Um, but you guys can go and watch that on there. But we also wanted to take the opportunity to discuss it here on the podcast as well. So um, yeah, it's going to have some of the similar information in this podcast as the video as well. So you might hear if you guys already watched the Ross, you're going to hear some similar information in this podcast as well. Um, but it's always nice to reiterate and I might be able to put a different spin on it to make it maybe translate over easier for you to understand it possibly. You well. might catch
1: something you didn't catch over on Saturday. So
0: Yeah. And so um so when it comes to, like to, to nutrition, right, there's so many misconceptions about nutrition, right? It's it's one of these things where we live in this day and age on social media that if you tell people to eat whole food options in the proper portions consistently That shit is not flashy. It's not flashy. That shit is not gonna not gonna sell. I cannot sell a package plan for like here's for fifty dollars for simple simple. (laughs) Here's this very simple nutrition plan where I tell you to eat whole food options in the proper portions consistently, and that's how you can see results. results. Nobody (laughs) wants to hear that shit, right? Everybody wants to hear that. Fancy, fancy. They want to hear like what are these magic foods that burn fat? What are these magic supplements that I can take? Um, You know. Magic potion that I can drink that all of a sudden is going to burn 20 pounds of body fat right off of me, right instantly. That's the shit that people buy into and it catches the eye of people too because it, it looks easy, right? It, it sounds too good to be true. So if that is the case and I don't have to do X, Y, and Z work, then that's what that's the road I'm going to go down, right? Because it sounds easy. And, I, and even back in the day before I learned about nutritionists like that, I remember like late in high school and early college days that. That's the shit that catches your eyes, the marketing behind it, right? And the stuff that has the marketing behind it usually is a bunch of bullshit. Normally. Normally. If it looks fancy and easy, it's
1: probably not the way to go.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and I think we live in, in, like, I think people, it's either all or nothing mindsets when it comes to nutrition, to where it's either, you know, all pizza and ice cream and beer, and or it's all chicken, chicken and broccoli and rice. and rice, and that's the only two things that we can partake in. There's no gray middle area whatsoever, right? And there, there has to be some type of middle ground there to where, yes, there, there has to be work implemented. I think sometimes people can sell it to where. You know, nutrition's super easy and that you know it's not going to be any work and things like that. You're never going to be hungry and and, and th- say things like that when that's also a false statement and a little bit too much of a, a fantasy land for people to live in. And if that was the case, everybody would have the body of the dreams. And yeah, it shouldn't be so painstakingly miserable, that you completely hate your life. But at the same time, you're going to have to make some sacrifices to get the body that you want.
1: It's just like a workout, you know, mm-hmm. right? I mean, if, if you go into a workout and you're just kind of going through the motions day in and day out and you don't ever have one day of where you're going to kind of push hard, it's the same thing with nutrition, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think you have to find that middle ground because if you don't find the middle ground, kind of like we've always been preaching, that's the whole consistency thing, mm-hmm. right? You have to be able to find something that you can kind of be consistent with and not just do it for a week, two weeks. It's that thing where you have to go in for months on months, right? It's a lifestyle at that point. Um, it's not just a, a one month, two month goal. You want to be able to do that after that two month
0: goal and keep on going and keep yeah. on going. Um, so absolutely. Yeah. Like what i like to say is if you can't see yourself doing this this time next year, you're probably on the wrong path. And that's so many of these diets where people get on, this x y and z diet for six weeks eight weeks 12 weeks right for this temporary amount of time for me to hit this x goal and then once they get somewhat close to that goal or they reach their goal then everything just goes back to normal Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and then the weight comes back on people who are on diets there's a 95 i was about to ask
1: that question right there 95 percent
0: chance that you are going to put the weight back on that you lost within three years three years 95% within three years, 85% within one year, and 90% chance within two years. So it's basically within one year, 85%. So it goes to show you that pretty much anybody who gets on a diet will essentially fail in the long run. They might be successful in the temporary short term of losing the weight or the body fat, but they have such a high chance of putting that weight right back on within, you know, months or just within a couple of years, mm-hmm. right? And you see it time and time again, right? You see somebody who initially maybe uses, loses weight and they, they feel great, right? But they put all those restrictions on themselves where they did keto and they cut out carbs or they cut out all sugar of their diet or all alcohol in their diet. And in doing so, once they implemented those things back into their life again, they they didn't they don't know how to moderate those things anymore and that's when the weight gains comes back on. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know that to a degree, if you maybe listen to see may sound a little confused, you're like, okay, well, you're saying that I can have alcohol and I can have sugar, but at the same time, you're also telling me that I have to, you know, be consistent with my diet and things like that, I don't understand where that fine line is. And that's exactly the point here is the fact you're you're gonna have to learn where moderation is. And you have to learn how to live your life in society today with your fitness goals, which you currently have. Everything that we do, for the most part, especially in Southwest Louisiana, has to do something with food and, food and alcohol. Food and alcohol is every event you go to, whether it's a social gathering, just on a, on a lunch, or it's a you know, party in the afternoon, or a crawfish boil, whatever it may be, that you're going to have these things around you at all points in time. And you, know, you don't want to be the crab that just sits there and can't partake because you're the fitness yeah, guy or guy, yeah. right? You can partake in those things. But for most people, those things are a little bit far in between. When I, when I work with people one-on-one, we have these conversations because people will beat themselves up about that. And they'll be like, oh, you know, I had this party that I went to and I did really bad. But how often do those things really pop up? Are you really – What is that party again? <laughs> it's not an everyday party. Tra- right? Not sounds like a dick, but you're probably not that popular of a person where you're constantly going out to parties and gatherings three or four times a week, yeah. right? Usually, most people have about one to two events a month, a month. with you know, friends or family yeah, or birthday parties like that that they have to go to that's a, a outside the norm thing. What I'm more referring to – and th- when those events occur, you, know, you should tell people like, look, go and enjoy yourself. Keep a ceiling on yourself. You know, you do have these fitness goals in mind. You can still go partake in the event, you know, have some pizza, have some ice cream, drink a beer or two with your buddies, That's fine. You just know where that cap is, right? Like not doing it where you're overindulging, which you know where that limit is. You're partaking to a degree where you feel satisfied, but you're not overindulging. What I'm more referring to is your day-to-day life. Most people are usually pretty structured, definitely Monday through Thursday, if not Monday through Friday. And then the weekends are a little bit different story. When it comes to your weekends, those are, are you have to be structured during those times. You have to be more disciplined during your weekdays. Those are probably the most important days, right? Those are your most important be days because you you have the most structure then, right? And it's easier for you to fall into the habits. And if you're finding issues falling within habits of Monday through Friday, and you definitely aren't going to be in control of your weekends. And so obviously limiting the times you're eating out during the week is, is pretty – but you should be at least – Pretty much 90 to 100% of your meals Monday through Friday should be meals controlled by you personally that you've cooked, right? And more often than not, people are good Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then maybe they have like a stressful day at work or something like that. And then they come home and they have some, you know, sugar in, you know, in the cabinet, like cookies mm-hmm. or cakes or alcohol or whatever it may be. And because they had a bad day or the stressful day, then they overindulge that afternoon because they had a stressful day. You're gonna have to find a different way to cope with those mechanisms other than food and alcohol. If you ultimately want to see the body of your dreams, yeah. I'm not saying that that's right or wrong. All I'm saying is the fact that if you want to reach the body composition that you want, you're gonna have to put restrictions on those things during the week, especially, right? And then when it comes to your weekends, what I tell people is like, look, most people want to let off the gas pedal a little bit during the week weekend and relax them. They don't have as much structure. They're not at work. And they wanna be a little bit more relaxed, which is fine. I completely agree with that. I do the same thing. But you have one or two options when it comes to your weekends. And if you find find yourself being somebody who wants to let loose more on the weekends, is you're gonna have to be a little bit more restrictive during the week to compensate for your bad weekends, right? So we've drawn that line diagram before where let's say for me personally to maintain the the current weight that I'm at, let's say is, is 2,200 calories and I ha- and then my goal is to lose body fat, then I, by the end of the week, my average calories for the seven days of my week have to be below Virginia. that calorie maintenance levels, right? So I have to be somewhere probably around 2,000 calories for my average calories. Well, if I know for sure I'm going to be close to like to 3,000 calories on Saturday and Sunday because I'm going to go out to eat at dinners and things like that, then my weekend has to be lower to compensate for my bad weekends, mm-hmm. right? Or I have to be more strict with my weekends, which most people don't want to do, yeah. which is fine. You've <clears throat> you got to pick your avenue that you want to go down. And so a lot of people can hear that and are like, okay, well, I just seem to be really low on my calories. Well, when you go super restrictive on your calories, then that's when energy levels fall off big time. That's when metabolism slows up big time. And ultimately, you're going to lose just general mass. In right? General. When somebody says they lose, they've lost 20 pounds in a month, most people would look at that and say, oh, they think okay, great, you lost 20 pounds, they think body fat, right? Mm-hmm. You're just losing mass, mass, right? So your body composition might be the same in the way of skeletal muscle mass and body fat ratio, right? So if you do an in-body, that curve would look exactly the same compared to your skeletal mass and body fat mass, even though it's just lower on the scale because you have less weight, mm-hmm. right? I can't tell you how many girls have come in here and done an in-body who only weigh like 130 pounds, but her con- body composition is complete shit. Really? But the, by the visual eye, they, they, they look perfectly fine. Right. Yeah. But their body fat percentages are in the 30 plus range, which for an ideal female is from 18 to 28, and they're in the high thirties. And even though their body weight sitting 130 pounds, because their skeletal muscle mass is so low, right? And so if you cut your calories down so low, your body composition is not necessarily going to translate over properly as what you would like, right? Most people, when they're saying they want weight loss, they're talking about more like fat loss. Fat loss. Right? Majority of people. Most of you are right. talking about fat loss. You're not talking about just general weight Actual gain. They have a general idea if I lose 20 pounds, then that's going to make me look a certain way. And that usually means like a leaner, more quote-unquote toned. toned look, right? So we have to make sure we do it in a proper way to where we're maintaining skeletal muscle mass to have that athletic look, look that build. people are after. So – if we're calorie maintenance levels are at 2,200, we only want to go below about 10 to 15% below that. So that's only about 200-ish calories below maintenance level. So it's about 200 calories. But that has to be 2,000 calories as average an value. average by the end of the week. And that's where the problem So do you think – I was about to
1: say, do you think that's where people kind of mess up? Yeah, yeah.
0: by far. I mean when, <clears throat> when you ask somebody how do you eat, what's the general response? For the most part. Now, now there are similar truths like I eat like shit. Yeah. But what do you think is the general response? Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty that's, good is probably respond, Like, that. oh, I eat pretty good. That's very, very relative. That's really vague. That's very vague <laughs> and very relative, right? Like what I consider eating good and what you can you consider eating good are completely different things, right? If I only eat out once a day, some people consider that, oh, that's eating pretty, pretty good. good. I only eat out once a day, right? Well, for me, that's like – that's. Astronomical. It's like like, crazy. <laughs> like, I cannot believe you eat out once a day every day and go eat fast food. That's crazy to me. But for some people, that's pretty That's good. their lunch break. That's like, ah, oh, it's not bad. I'm only eating yeah. out once a day now, which that could be a step for somebody depending on where the fitness journey is. And so we have to make sure we're, we're being more consistent throughout our week, right? And you have to, to really know how much volume of food that you're eating, mm-hmm. right? I know some people are like, well, I'm not real big on tracking my food, and are there ways to to get around this without tracking your food? Yes, but the the chances of you being successful are pretty low, in my opinion.
1: Well, that's nothing. It's like you don't have to track your food for forever. Not forever, it's but not a, you have to just realize and like start to understand what you're eating and what an actual
0: portion size really looks like. Well, think of it like this, right? <clears throat> like think of somebody who. Like somebody who comes from a track and field background, right? Mm-hmm. Like let's take Marta for an example, okay. like Steven's wife. Marta has built up such a big base of her running, right? Even if she, like with our running currently in our workouts, right? Even if she were not to do any extra running, she would still be a pretty damn good runner. She might decrease a little bit a little off bit. her running, but she's going to maintain a lot of that for yeah. a long, long time. For a long right? time. Right? And the same thing happens with your nutrition. If I can learn how to track my food for the amount of time to build that base, and get to the body composition that I want, over a time I can slowly let the reins off of that where I don't have to track as diligently, okay, and be as restrictive myself because I've already built the body composition that I want. So what I tell people like this isn't something that you have to do forever, forever. but if you want to get from point A to point B, you're going to have to change something to get there, mm-hmm. right? And once you get to point B you're already in that camp and it's a lot easier to stay over there in point B than it is to making that journey from point A to point B right it's actually a lot tougher especially the beginning phases of that but a lot tougher to get there right and then you just have to be consistently and once we get there then it's a lot easier to maintain but you're gonna have to track your food in my opinion to a degree to understand how much you're eating on a regular basis it's just like being paid every single every two weeks you're getting paid and if you like, for instance, like, well, i like tracking my food. It's like getting paid and not knowing how much money you're making and then going to spend you're money. Going to spend a bunch of money. Right? And then, exp- then wondering why you're not- Why you're broke? Why you're not- Yeah, why you're broke, right? Or why you're not saving money. It's because you have no idea how much money is coming in to spend. And it's the same concept here. So you're going to have to know how much money or how much calories that you're consuming on a regular basis. If you want to take a step further, how much protein, carbs, and fat that you're consuming. And then over a period of time, you can start making adjustments to those numbers accordingly where your goals are. And then, once you finally get to that body composition that you want, then you can kind of start slowly let the reins off of that and getting back to a normal routine. You know, no eighty-year-old man or woman tracks and measures their foods, okay? But what I am saying is, if you want to get the body composition you want, you are the something you are going to have. So you so are going to have to do that, yes, yeah, okay. Um, so, when it comes to tracking itself, if you are somebody who's new to doing it, the number one thing I would recommend you guys do is start off with protein intake. Protein. Mm-hmm.
1: You, would you say that's the most important thing to hit?
0: Out of the three, yeah. yeah. Uh, just be, especially for females, just because so many females don't get close to what they need. And a good general rule, depending on the person, is roughly about a gram per pound of body weight. Body weight. Now, if you're somebody who's is maybe extremely mm-hmm. obese, maybe not. So let's say maybe you had like a four hundred pound man. Mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't recommend 400 eating four hundred grams, grams of protein he would probably be somewhere like more like somewhere in the 200 range. But most of you guys are at a low enough body fat percentage for the most part to where you can go pretty close to a gram per pound of body weight. I would probably say 0.7 to about a pound per pound is about even even a good general rule of thumb. Now, if you initially start measuring your protein, and let's say maybe I'm trying to hit 150 grams and I'm only hitting like 70 grams, you don't want to jump from point A A to point B. big jump like that? You would want to gradually work your way up to there but that's going to probably be your first starting point is at least start off tracking your protein intake more regularly mm-hmm. and that means you're going to be eating protein at every single meal, meal that you eat so if i'm eating 150 grams that means i need to eat about 30 grams of eating five meals a day right so when i consider a meal it's anytime i'm eating physically at all so even, so even like a snack you yeah meal, well, right? unless you will consider a snack that would be considered a meal, meal right so most people do like three square meals with two snacks you're going to have to eat roughly 30 grams at each one. So that could be, you know, 40 at one meal and 20 at another. That's fine. But you need to pretty much evenly keep protein spread throughout the day. Okay. Just because it's going to be, if I'm only eating three times a day, eating 50 grams at each meal is be really tough to do. Or making up, I feel like,
1: it, would you agree that making up protein, let's say for instance, you go a whole day and you, let's say you're, your goal is 150 grams of protein. Mm-hmm. And let's say you're only at 75. Would you agree that it's harder to make up your protein at the end of the day
0: than any other one? Yeah, no. I mean, you could bypass that by doing, like, a protein powder, a protein shake or something. You know, and doing, like, three scoops of protein and mm-hmm. getting 75 grams that way. So, I don't say it's, like, completely the hardest one. Now, by whole food options, yeah. That's uh, what I'm saying. Like, whole food, Yeah, like I mean... Not, take, like... Let's take protein shakes and, like, carb and all that out of it. Yeah. I mean, if you're just eating whole foods, yeah. I mean, if you're eating 75 grams of chicken breast, that's a shit of chicken. That's a lot of chicken. If you're eating, like... Was that, like, 12? No. I mean, that's probably somewhere... So, it's about... Five or six grams per ounce. So, what does that divide out to be? Like, probably like fourteen, almost a pound worth of chicken. It's a lot of chicken. It's about a pound worth of chicken, roughly. That you'd have to eat at one sitting, um, or at least in the afternoon to get that down. So, you have to get somewhere around you know a pound worth of chicken between five and eight p.m. By the time you get off work, hypothetically, let's say that's the, the the thing. And so, that's so that's why preparing your meat. That kind of sounds wrong. <laughs> Hello there. <laughs> That's what she said. That's why prepping meat options are going to be your, the number one thing that you guys need to do on a consistent basis every single week when you go to the grocery store. Prepping out, you know, chicken, shrimp. You know, or shrimp is actually an easy one for you, you could probably buy that almost pre cooked. Yeah. But ground meat, you can buy ground it turkey, and throw it in the microwave. Yeah, exactly. That's an easy on the go option. Um, steaks, wherever that where that meat source looks for you, but. That's something that has to be prepared ahead of time because that's not something that's easily done, mm-hmm. right? Other than maybe like eggs or something like that, that could be a little bit of a quicker option. But any type of meat source is going to have to be prepared ahead of time for your whole entire week. Um, when it comes to carbs and fats, right? So carbs get such a bad rap these days as to. Carbs are like literally the enemy of the world. Yeah, I like feel that's like. what <laughs> makes people fat, right? It's carbohydrates. When in all actuality, it's, it's calories that ultimately determine you gaining weight or losing weight. I could eat nothing but carbohydrates. And so, lose weight my mm-hmm. body composition might look like shit but i can still lose, still lose, lose, lose weight, weight just by eating carbohydrates but carbs depending on the person and what they like to tolerate yeah there are some people who operate a little better on like a higher fat lower carb diet mm-hmm. some people like myself operate a little better on a higher carb lower fat diet and it's really just what you prefer i usually go by telling people or asking people what do you feel more drawn to foods-wise? Do you find yourself more drawn to carbier foods, or are you more drawn to fattier, fattier foods? foods. And what I usually find is most males are, con- are drawn towards higher-carb foods, and females are usually more drawn to fat foods. There are some different occasions where I've seen females like the higher-carb options, but for the most part, guys usually like to have higher carbs. But it's just, it's just by preference, and there's no right or wrong there. But we just have to make sure we do it in our proper portions to where your calories are fit in- properly with also the amount of protein that you need so usually if you can think of it like this if I have 2,000 calories that I need to eat in a day and I know I'm going to eat let's say for math sakes 200 grams of protein mm-hmm. so there's four grams per every ounce of protein right so if I multiply that four that's 800 calories in just protein so that means now and I have bet. in my day I know of the 2,000 800 are already gone because that's all going to be done in protein. Now I have 1,200 calories left over that you have to, to be consumed with, with carbs and fats, right? And that can, be, that can be just dependent on you personally and what you like to eat and depending on how active you are, right? Usually if you're somebody extremely active, then maybe go on slightly higher up in the car. It's not a bad idea. If you're somebody who's maybe not as active, then maybe go on a little bit a little bit yeah, because you just don't need them, right? Because carbohydrates are your main energy source. That's something that your body likes to fuel off of. Um, that's also a way for your body to repair afterwards from recovering from high-intensity sessions, carbohydrates. So that's why usually people who do high-intensity exercise what people who do CrossFit don't do very well on low-carb diets, right? Just because of the fact that the energy expenditure needed to perform high-intensity exercises, you need those carbohydrates to perform. And that's why I usually tell people, like, look, try to take in a good chunk of carbohydrates around your workout time pre and post post so that's your main energy sources um so would that be a good tip for most people yeah kind of plan their carbs out around their workouts yeah so like usually what i suggest is you know let's say for instance if i'm taking in i'm gonna take a random number of 200 grams of carbs in a day right so easy math roughly about 100 grams so about half of those cap uh carbs are gonna be utilized around my workout time about fifty before or not fifty yeah. after. And then it gives me another hundred grams to kind of evenly spread throughout my day as I want. So you want that good chunk of carbohydrates about, you know, roughly everybody's a little different on what they can tolerate pre-workout. Some people can eat an hour out and feel fine, but some people need to push that further out like two hours. Two hours. It just depends on you. I'd say about 90 minutes is an optimal, give or take a little bit but you have 50 grams, that should help out with obviously energy levels while you're working out. And then post-workout, you want those carbohydrates just for recovery purposes from those sessions to better utilize those carbohydrates. So for instance, when you get done working out, a lot of people are like, "Well, protein, 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 need protein when I get done working out. And that's not the number one thing you need. You need carbohydrates post-workout because what is happening while you work out, your body runs off glycogen for energy. That's all a carbohydrate is. Eventually, at some point in time, whether it be a sweet potato or just literally pure sugar, is going to be turned into glycogen by the body, right? Just one takes a little bit longer to get there than the other. Than the other. Yeah. That's why you have that, that, that glycemic index. So one just takes a little bit longer than the other to get there. And so... When you're working out, you're utilizing that glycogen to work out, right? That's what depletes you out of your muscle cells is that glycogen source. Well, when you get done working out, your body's number one priority when to get done working out is replenishing the glycogen, not the rebuild muscle. And so that's why carbohydrates are so useful when you get them working out is that it helps with the recovery process work out to replenish that glycogen quickly, right? And then you can follow up with some protein on top of that just for obviously muscle synthesis and, and muscle breakdown to help repair all that. But the first thing is, gly- is carbohydrates Carbs. over protein. That's the number one thing. So protein. is that why you always do your oats? Yeah, so like I'll have like a... Is that like a quick a, and easy option for it's, you? It's easy for me, right, because... Most people don't have a, like a, a big appetite after they're working out, especially like after like an intense session, mm-hmm. after like Tuesdays, Tuesday <laughs> thruster double under workout possible uh, lot. <laughs> you don't really have a big appetite, you know, for a good maybe. For me personally, depending on the session, like like today, right, like today's Thursday, where the session maybe wasn't quite as tense for me, I find myself getting hungrier quicker. Mm-hmm. But if it's like more of a tense session, where you know I'm pretty slammed afterwards, I don't usually get an appetite for maybe like two or three hour hours afterwards. So it's easy for me to get in some type of liquid calories afterwards. Cause I consume those without chewing and things like that. I'm usually starting it's to get down, yeah, it's usually get down, but you can do a whole food option where you do like protein powder and like grapes or blueberries or some type of fruit mm-hmm. of some kind would be a great option post-workout. If you does, you don't want to invest into like some type of like carb powder or like, like for instance, like I have to like a protein powder with some oats in it and things like that. Um, but it's just depending on you personally. Okay. Um, and then like, then when it comes to your fats, that would be the completely opposite end of that, right? So you want to keep your fats pretty low around your workout times. And then you would fill in the rest of your day with your fats on the other end. So if I work out early in the morning, my early part of the day would be maybe higher carbs. And then my afternoon would be higher fat and lower carbs. And then vice versa, if more maybe somebody that works out in the afternoon, then the first part of the day may be higher fat, lower carb. And then as it progresses further into closer to work time, incorporate your then I would give go higher carb, lower fat. And that's just for more better utilization of the macronutrients and for, you know, workout performance. But is that the end all be all? No, that's just no no tool. No, that's, it's really rhetorical. Ultimately, what's going to provide you the body composition that you're after is if you kind of can pyramid this out is like calories are the most important thing. That's your base. That's your base. Like ultimately that's going to determine you losing weight, gaining weight, or currently maintaining the weight that you're on. It doesn't matter if it's, you eating all protein, all carbs or all fats, ultimately calories are gonna dictate that. When it comes to body composition wise, you gaining or losing body fat or gaining muscle mass appropriately, right? And hitting the be- best body composition you want, which most you guys are after, that's when it comes to more macronutrients, right? And that's what comes more important there as well as micronutrients. So I kind of, some people like want to classify micronutrients more important than macronutrients and vice versa. And I think they're they're kind of on the same playing field. degree they're both equally important. So like micronutrients would be things like vitamins and minerals, right? So okay. things that you would consume through whole food options. So a lot of people can hear macros and like, okay, well if I'm just hitting my macros, then I can just eat whatever the hell I want as long as I'm hitting my macros, which to a degree is true. But we're talking overall here is about general health and wellness. Mm-hmm. Most of the food you need to be comprised of is through whole food options, right? And as well as when it comes to processed foods, they're so calorically dense foods that they're very, very easy to overeat, right? So a lot of people correlate fullness with gaining weight and hunger to losing weight. And that's not always the case because if I were to hand you 50 grams of carbohydrates and cookies and 50 grams of carbohydrates and grapes, Two totally different That looks things. a lot different, right? The yeah. it's in your stomach and how much volume of food that you're consuming, right? That's it's, a good way to look at it. It's both 50 grams. It's both the same amount of calories, but how easily you can consume those 50 grams of cookies, it might only be like three cookies. You can, cookies I can guarantee right? everybody in this podcast can, <laughs> can those three cookies. I'm trying to remember like how many grams of carbs are like in one Oreo. It's something ridiculous, like 15 grams. 50, for one Oreo? 15, like 15, something like that. Maybe yeah. I could be wrong. Should don't I quote on maybe. that. But it's pretty high per, like, one Oreo. So, I mean, you could eat, like, a couple of Oreos and be at your 50 grams, right? But you do that with grapes. It's a lot of freaking it's grapes. you're lot to you consume. 50 <laughs> grams. And so that, that correlates differently. So I think a lot of people, they get caught up in, like, their week, and, like, well, I'm, I'm hungry, so I've got to be losing weight. It doesn't always not work out. The way. Case. If you're eating processed foods, a lot of times you might feel more hungry. Like I tell people, like, it's, it's how often have you mindlessly ate through a steak? Oh. Can you mindlessly eat through a steak like no problem? I would say so. You think you could eat, like, if I told you, if I put you a 16 ounce steak, you just, without, like, you could sit there and just watch a TV show and just mindlessly eat through that steak like no problem. Without second guessing, like, oh my God, I'm starting to get full and get the strength of the meat. Probably not. Okay. Probably not. But (laughs) you could probably do that with a bag of chips. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like you sat there with a family size bag yeah. of chips. You sat there watching 49ers football game. You probably, you'd probably get to the whole bag of, bag chips. Bag of chips without yeah. too much. Yeah, yeah. Issue. yeah, absolutely. And that's why I kind of correlate people. It's a, lot, it's a lot easier to mindlessly eat through processed foods than it is through whole foods. Right? And so don't always correlate to fullness of gaining and then being hungry to losing. Because if you're not tracking your calories, that's not always true. Okay? But at the same time, I do want people to understand that as your body gets more... Adapted to eating whole foods regularly, right? So usually when I work with clients at first, that's their number it's one complaint is that I'm super full. How can I lose weight when I'm this full? And that's when I have to have the conversation of processed foods versus whole foods. But there is a point in time down the road where you've been doing this for a few months and your body has now adapted to the volume of food that you're consuming through whole food options that there are gonna be some points in time that you're gonna probably be hungry here and there if, if your goal is body fat loss mm-hmm. as you get further down that road. So I don't want people to take this and say, well, Cody said I'll never be hungry if I mean whole food options and try to lose weight. I'm not saying that because that is gonna be part of the thing as we get further down the line. Now, you should not be crazy hungry if, like you're gonna bite your arm off. But you're going to have to deal with a little bit of uncomfortableness. You're in a deficit. Your body is in a caloric deficit. And in doing so, after your body adapts to food and the same and the amount of calories you're consuming, it's going to want some more food. Mm-hmm. It's, gonna, it's, it's, a, it's a cue, right? Your body likes homeostasis. It likes where it's currently at. It doesn't like change. And to force change, you're going to have to get a little uncomfortable, right? Yeah. If I want to get stronger in my back squat, I can't keep squatting the same load. I'm going to have to progressively overload that to get myself stronger. And the same concept happens with your nutrition is that you're going to have to force yourself to adapt to a body composition that you're, that you're not uncomfortable with, right? So you're going and to that's have to your goal. That's
1: just kind of what you have to do.
0: There comes a point in time where that starts to happen. And I'll say the more extreme you take those measures, the more lean that you want to get. So people are like, well, if I want six-pack abs, I'm like, well, that's going to require a lot of sacrifice and you getting there uncomfortable, right? And it all depends on what you want. How people want abs until, until they have to go out there and actually eat that nutrition plan. Well, that's kind of the deal is, you know, my job is to lay out the work in front of you and it's your job to decide if that's worth it or not, mm-hmm. right? And I'm just telling you guys the truth here is that you're going to, at some point in time, maybe do a little bit of hunger pains as you get further down that leanest thing. Now, it doesn't mean you have to stay there forever because once you get the body count that you want, then you can slowly layer your calories back in to get the back to maintenance calories, but at the same time, you're going to have to get a little uncomfortable to get there. Would you say for most
1: people, nutrition is like harder than actually coming in and working out? A hundred percent. Hundred percent. That is by far the
0: hardest part. Yeah, because nutrition—you can't take a day off nutrition.
1: Exactly, you can't. You can't go through the motions. I feel like
0: with the nutrition. No, like <clears> when it comes <throat> to working out, right? Like you can come in and you know put you forth can, some good general effort, and you and can see progress, right? probably burn three hundred, four hundred calories. a yeah. Workout. Most most people, it's usually not the working out's the issue. For some, yeah, but I would say most people fall in the boat of I. I can work out pretty consistently. It's nutrition I struggle with, mm-hmm. right? And most people will usually, or listen, to this probably fall in that boat of I'll work out all the time. Just don't talk to me about nutrition. Yeah, there are some people out there. I will train my diet type deal. Yeah, like there are some people out there that are like, dude, I don't want to break a sweat. I'll just not eat, and I'll be, and I'm fine with that. And that and that that's. I think that's far in between. But most people usually will cons- would be more content with working out harder or more than to take I the sacrifices that nutrition. for their nutrition, yeah. right? But you only have so many X amount of hours in a day. Most of you guys work full-time jobs. You have kids, you have responsibilities. You only spend so much time in the gym. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to have to take care of your nutrition protocols to really push the needle in the direction that you want to go. Right. And that's not, that's not easy. It's simple, but not easy. Yeah. Right. So it's not, like I said, it's not flashy to sit here and say, you guys need to be eating the proper portions of macronutrients for you and do that super consistently every single day. That's that's really a tough deal to hear, but it's it's a true statement, right? So it's it's making sacrifices of, you know. I guess probably the easiest way is let's let's talk this through like a step by step basis. How okay. I would tell somebody, if this is your day one. What does that look like? Is first off you need to decide how many cow. Cal- first off, you need to decide how many calories you're going to consume you might do a couple of days of you eating like normal and see currently where you are. Put them in a calorie as you're consuming. Really don't, change, crazy numbers. Yeah, don't change anything that you're currently doing because eat as normal and just kind of weigh and measure your food for a couple of days. Once you kind of get a basis of about, okay, this is about how much I'm eating, then from there, let's say I'm consuming. And now the thing is though is you do have to understand that your weekends, if you're not contracting your weekends, that those calories could be way higher on the weekends. Because some of you are like, well, I'm only eating... 1,800 calories during the week. I can't go much lower than 1,800 calories during during my week. Well, your weekends are probably really fucking Really crazy. Yeah, they're really pretty bad on the weekends. So you're really probably- Or you're only doing that a couple days out of the week, right? So you might only be tracking Monday through Wednesday, which is your really good days. And then Thursday and Friday. And then Thursday, Friday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday, Sunday, (laughs) way above 1,800 calories. So you have to be extremely honest with yourself here and say, okay, I need to sit down and be realistic of what's a normal day look like for me that I can do throughout most of my week. And then let's say those calories looks like something more like 2,300 calories. I would take somewhere around 10% away from that. That's the amount of calories I need to consume and then fill in protein, carbs, and fats Mm -hmm. and then plan out my day with what my meals look like. Now you know what you're eating. You're going to know what you're eating. So many people go into their week blindly. They're just kind of eat as is. And that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. You're gonna have to food prep. That's a non negotiable. I'm sorry, like if you're somebody who doesn't like to prepare their food ahead of time, you're gonna have a really, really hard time being successful with your nutrition if you're not cooking ahead. Yeah. I find that to be like the easiest thing that helps me. Yeah. And like for Sydney,
1: for instance, is like if we have our meals prepped and or or maybe even just having like our proteins in one container, carbs in one and mm-hmm. that helps so so dang much, yes. man. It really does. It makes it easier. It makes it faster. It makes it so much freaking better, man. Mm-hmm.
0: And so once you have roughly what a, what a week of food looks like for you, I'm going to eat this at lunch, this at dinner, this for my snacks, this is my dinner meals. Then you go and you buy all that food. You prepare it all ahead of time and you put it in separate containers like you said. Mm-hmm. And then your week is very much done. You literally just open the fridge, grab your container and, and go. And go right? It's, it's just a matter of that that's simple now. Is that easy to do for some people? It's not easy. No, it's not always easy. I mean, there, there's no doubt. I would prefer to eat just shit as I wanted. right? Mm-hmm. If I just wanted to go down, down to the drive through and go get some food, yeah, it might taste better. No doubt about it. I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not going to sit there and lie to you and say like, that food doesn't taste better at times. It does. But the feeling that I, I get from eating that food makes me feel so lethargic and so run down that I can't stand that feeling anymore. Yeah. Now it's taken me a long time to kind of get there to a degree, but now I understand how food makes me feel. It makes my decisions a whole lot easier, right? And I can also understand the temporary feeling that I'm going to get from this food is ultimately going to really upset me down the road with how I'm performing in the gym and how I feel and also eventually how I'm going to look. And if you can separate that that temporary satisfying feeling of eating that food or drinking that drink and shift your mindset to how if i decide not to do this how it's going to make me feel in the long run that's a big game changer for, yeah at least for me it was um now it's not always that's easier said than done for some people it's it's really hard to break that temporary satisfaction of that food t- t- touching your tongue but if you can start to understand that it's just a temporary fix or temporary satisfaction that you're getting from it and that you know if i can just Bypass this and move on to my meal that I've already cooked ahead of time. It makes my it makes my day a whole lot easier, yeah. right? And especially if I don't have food with me, you're more likely to make bad decisions as well. For sure, right? And so um, that's kind of like a step by step process I would recommend for people, right? And then once you have able to establish that for consistently a certain amount of time, then obviously you got to make some adjustments to your calories, things like that down the road. But that's another topic for conversation. That's you. as you go, yeah, as we go. And that's that's something that obviously that people I work with one on one. That's something that, you know, they pay me for is to help shift them the direction they need to go as they progress over a period of time. Once we've established those habits and those routines, they're hitting their numbers consistently. Then it's my job from there to start making adjustments to so the numbers correlated to where they want to go. In their goals. In their goals, right? Um, but like one thing we talked about in the nutrition class that we'll probably start announcing to you guys here for the next week or two is those nutrition templates for you guys to where, if your, whatever your goals are, based off where your current body weight is and what, you know, your activity levels that, you know, I'll provide you guys with custom macronutrient numbers. And then also how much I would recommend you eat at each one of those individual meals based off where your workout times are, as well as, you know, actionable steps to go during the week to make you successful. And also a macronutrient breakdown of different food options that, you know, your protein sources, carb sources, and fat sources. That have a, I mean, have an idea of what, have 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 an idea what that is, right? So like protein is mainly your meat sources, your carb sources are mainly like your fruits and your grains, and then your fat sources are more like your nuts, seeds and oils and things of that nature, right? And so that's something that you guys are interested in. That's something that should be rolling out the gym here in the next week or two. It's just FYI, okay? So um, that's kind of my, I'm trying to think of anything I miss out on when it comes to like nutrition stuff, anything, Nutrition? anything you can think of
1: I mean we feel like we talked about your proteins your carbs your fats mm-hmm. we talked about your timings um, we talked about our little pyramid I feel like we got it I feel like
0: we got it okay. like we got the it. only other two things that kind of like, like comes to like hydration supplementation but I'm not really going to go down that all that all right. much because
1: a lot, lot of drink
0: in a gallon of water well how many it's, it's one of those things like when I talk what? about hydration supplements people's ears perk up the most when we talk about that stuff because that's the stuff that's, that's the seem, e- that's that's easy stuff. That's the easy way to do everything. Um, yeah, I mean, we could probably go another 30 minutes just talking about that. Yeah. And so I think we're kind of, we're almost fifty minutes into this thing now. Uh, but that's maybe a topic another conversation, which I'm sure that'll get way more listens we to, to than this. <laughs> Uh So hopefully you guys will prove me wrong on that. But uh, that's, I tell people, I'm like, dude, that's like the last, like supplements, especially like the last 1%. That's what everybody's focused on, I feel like. Yes. Like the stuff that we're talking about will get you like ninety to ninety five percent of the way there. All all the other shit, like supplements and hydration stuff, that's like the last little bit. They talk about like like people like they're trying to inkle out that last little bit of percentage that you should start really focusing on that stuff. But other than that though, that's all the other stuff is gonna get you Way further if you do that consistently, I guarantee you you get to the body composition that you want to go. But the biggest thing that uh, we always talk about you got to be consistent. Consistency over everything, right? Yep. So uh, hopefully that helped you guys out. If you got any questions, definitely let us know. Uh, just kind of be a lookout for those uh, nutrition templates that'll be rolling out here pretty soon, and as well as we have the hurricane open coming up at the end that of February. Is it. It's coming up. You guys still have a little bit of time. We're gonna start pushing that a little bit harder on you guys here in the next few weeks. But make sure you find your partner. Remember the Hurricane Open will last for uh, four four weeks total. We'll do three individual versions of the workout that across the headquarters will put out. You know, your combined scores will just be your team score for the first three weeks. And then on March the nineteenth, which is a Saturday, we'll have an in two in-person partner style workouts here at the gym to finalize it all off. And we'll have a, a champion for the RX intermediate and scale. Divisions. I'm excited for the fourth week. I am. I'm yeah, excited to see y'all I, we, all come out. See how it goes for in. sure. Awesome. So, uh, hopefully, this helped you guys out. If you've got any questions, just let us know, and we'll see you guys in the next podcast. Peace, love, and positive.